As a journalist, Anna Morley was used to thinking in headlines. It was second nature to her. Without consciously doing it, even the most ordinary event in her life was transformed into a punchy soundbite, etched in large black capitals in her mind. Hacked off. Female journalist, 32, Mrs. Bus home. Danger on our streets. Loose paving slab, an accident waiting to happen, says local resident, 32. Let there be light. Council slammed over patchy street lighting. The Herald campaign starts today. The Hunger Game. Starving writer, 32, curses self for not stopping at the corner shop for a tin of beans. Admittedly, none of the headlines were particularly scintillating, but then neither was her life, to be frank. If she died right now and needed an epitaph for her grave, the words, same old, same old, would sum things up perfectly. But then came the most shocking news story of all, right when she was least expecting it. And afterwards, nothing felt same old, same old again. It was astonishing how one conversation could change everything. Clemency House was the care home eight miles out of Sheffield where Anna's grandmother Nora lived. With its strong smell of wee, disinfectant and overcooked cabbage, it was home to an assortment of pensioners in varying states of confusion and decrepitude. It was certainly the last place on earth you would expect to experience an epiphany. Anna visited her nan on the last Sunday of the month and knew almost all the residents by now. An excited twittering would greet her arrival in the lounge. Oh, it's Anna. Wake up, duck. Anna's here. Look, come to see Nora. Anna! Cooey! Which always made her feel like a minor celebrity. As she worked her way through the sea of white hair and support stockings. Hello, Mrs Ransom. That's a lovely dress you've got on today. Hello, Violet. How's your great-grandson doing? Hello, Elsie. I've brought you today's crossword if you want it. Nora would rise up from her favourite toffee-coloured wing-back chair and offer her soft, powdery cheek for a kiss. Then they'd drink stewed tea and chat together for an hour or so, before taking a slow turn around the garden so that Nora could moan in private about whichever resident was getting on her nerves that week. And that was usually that. This time, however, the pattern changed. It was a windy autumn day with dark clouds shouldering each other across the sky, while inside the central heating was cranked up to soporific levels. Anna was just about to suggest going out for some fresh air when a storm suddenly broke and rain began sheeting down dramatically, spattering great heavy drops against the windows. Goodness! Nora quavered, blinking in alarm, one hand up at her crepey throat. She was dressed as ever in a strange combination of garments. Today's outfit, a cream blouse and a bobbly green fleece cardigan. Her favourite tweed skirt and thick brown tights that pooled in wrinkles around her swollen ankles. Maybe we'll stay indoors after all, Anna said, discreetly checking her watch. Three o'clock. Pete was meant to be coming round for dinner later. A roast, she'd promised him, ambitiously and she knew for a fact that there wasn't a single vegetable to be found in her house, let alone anything she could conceivably baste in oil and bung in the oven. Nora turned and stared at Anna, as if seeing her for the first time. Her dementia was an unpredictable beast. Some days she seemed perfectly lucid,
and managed to keep up with the conversation. But other times, a veil of bewilderment would slide over her face and she would spout gibberish. You do look like him, you know, she said from out of nowhere. Gino, wasn't it? Her false teeth were slipping, making her words indistinct. Gino, Anna echoed. What are you talking about, Nan? The Italian, you know. Her eyes were cloudy and far away, her gaze wandering from Anna's face. Your father? Anna's stomach lurched. She must have misheard. Surely. My father? Nora frowned. Didn't I just say?